Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. So today, I'm going to talk about something that might surprise you, which is frustration. Here we are, November, a season where we often focus on gratitude and things that we're thankful for. And I'm going to take us in the opposite direction today and talk about something that is really common in terms of our human experience. We put a lot of emphasis in our modern day culture on gratitude journals, gratitude reflections, um, going around at the end of the day and being mindful of things that we're grateful for and sharing that with one another or writing it down, like I said, in a journal, gratitude practices. And there's good reason behind this and studies that support the power of this type of practice in improving our emotional well-being and modeling it for our children, something I've talked about before on my podcast. But today, like I said, I want to talk about frustration and in a similar fashion, open your mind to the possibility of embracing this less appealing emotion of frustration because we need to also make space for the expression of frustration in our culture. It's a bit like if you think about the concept of yin and yang, the positive and the negative, and how both are important to embrace for balance to be reached. The yang being the, what we associate with more positive emotions, like gratitude in this instance, and the yin being the more negative emotion of frustration. Both are important, both are experienced, by humans universally, and both need to have the ability to be embraced and expressed again to get to this balance of emotional energy that all of us experience. So the experience of frustration, that feeling when things are not turning out the way we would like, things are not going our way, that very common human experience of frustration. It's something that we have an abundance of right now, let's be real. There's a lot that's not going our way. We have, of course, this pandemic, COVID. We have schools shut down, online learning, work, loss of jobs or work that's happening remotely or work that has maybe gone away or gone down. We're not getting to see friends and family and we've got canceled plans and celebrations and activities and sports. Here we are right now. This is yet another day. Um, I'm recording this today on 
Friday, November 6th, and we're another day into not knowing the results of the election. Hopefully by the time this podcast airs, you'll know, but even then we may have to have weeks or even perhaps uh, longer trying to figure out and get the election results confirmed. That's frustrating. All of these experiences right now are frustrating. And yet, strangely enough, this experience of frustration, it's emotion that we often tend to suppress in ourselves and discourage or sometimes even feel moved to punish in our children. One of the basic principles that I have learned about emotions that I've shared in this podcast is that they need to be expressed. They need to move. They can't stay bottled up or suppressed for long. Doing so is unhealthy to emotional health and can give way to behavior problems like aggression and acting out, or even more seriously, can lead to depression if we really train ourselves to suppress and not feel uncomfortable feelings like frustration and sometimes the sadness that underlies the feelings of frustration. So a key indicator that frustration is a problem in our children is, of course, their behavior. Remember that decoding children's behavior and looking at behavior and what underlies what's driving behavior, that's a 3D parent standard of practice. Understanding what is at the root of behavior, that provides the direction that parents need to meet the underlying needs that your child has. And for a lot of kids who are kind of just overflowing with frustration and acting out and behaviors that are driven by frustration, what your child might need, the direction you may need to point them in is a way to move that energy, to move that frustration. Again, looking at their behavior. Is your child lashing out, talking back? fighting with you or fighting with siblings. That's a really common area for children to kind of send their frustration and kind of move it is by putting it on their siblings. Lots of sibling fighting and quarreling. A lot of times that's fun frustration that has gone foul. Uh, Dr. Newfeld of the Newfeld Institute, he calls that foul frustration. Frustration that basically rather than it moving and going in the direction of it kind of being let out, it gets sent in other directions. It goes foul. So what we need is to help our children and oftentimes ourselves who are struggling with a lot of frustration, we need emotional release. So what kind of release is needed? How can you do this? What can be encouraged? That's what we're gonna dig in today. As I already referred to Dr. Newfeld, he suggests that we provide what he terms emotional playgrounds, which are basically opportunities for you and or your children to have emotional releases. These are practices. These are activities that promote and allow emotional release of frustration. There was a recent article that was up on the Newfeld Institute website, and it was written by uh, Lisa Weiner. And I will definitely put a link to this in my show notes. This is a resource that I used when pulling together the information I'm providing today in this podcast. She identifies three categories of activities that fit into this emotional playground referred to by Dr. Newfeld. And those three categories are destructive activities, 
constructive activities, and melancholy-inducing activities. I'm going to start off with destructive activities and what I mean by that and what Lisa Weiner was referring to in her article, destructive activities. In my episode eight of my podcast, Understanding Childhood Aggression, I gave a list of activities that I called aggressive outlet activities. These are the type of activities referred to by this description, destructive activity. Now, you might be thinking, do I really want to be encouraging destructive behavior in my child? Keep in mind, again, this rule of thumb that emotion needs to move and be expressed. It can't stay stuck inside where it's going to keep on bubbling up and coming out again with behavior problems. So when you think about this built-up frustration that needs to move, sometimes providing outlets that can provide a vent for children to release some of that steam that's building up inside, much like a volcano, much like steam and lava that needs to explode, providing your child with some activities that kind of fit into this destructive activity category can really help. You might recall the story that I shared recently about going down to the river at the cabin my family goes to in Eastern Washington, when we were really struggling with remote learning, the return to remote learning this fall, and my third born, Maisie, and me, and frankly, all four of my children, but in particular, my third born, my canary daughter, who is very sensitive and who usually is the one that will kind of reach that boiling point where we'll see all kinds of behaviors that indicate that there is an abundance of frustration inside of her. You might recall the story I shared about how we went to the river and we picked up large rocks, the largest ones that we can pick up, and threw them as hard as we could into the river, shouting things that were frustrating us, shouting things that were really difficult, things that were not going our way, things that we were not happy about. That is an example of a destructive activity that provides a release and did a great job of providing release, particularly for my two youngest kids, me as well, but especially for them. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. In the article I've been referring to, Lisa gave a list of suggestions that she put down as ideas that fit into this destructive activity. These are her words that I'm sharing here, her ideas. The first she shared was making a, quote, this sucks box, kind of like an old-fashioned complaint box in the kitchen where family members can deposit paper slips filled with frustration whenever it needs to come out. If sucks isn't part of your approved vocabulary, remember that oftentimes the edgier the play is, the more aligned it is with getting foul frustration out safely. I like this idea a lot. And I also understand what she means by using kind of that edgy language. It feels almost taboo. It feels a little bit more like, oh yeah, I can really get, I can really get behind that word sucks. I can really feel that right now. That feels closer to this experience of frustration. 
So writing those down and sticking it in a box, in a complaint box, is one of those suggestions. Another one of her suggestions, slamming a punching bag, hammering glass bottles wrapped up in a towel, chopping wood, drawing a picture of someone or something and ripping it up, creating a, quote, shit book, a journal for rants and swear words and other generally unacceptable things. So those are her suggestions that she kind of threw into the box of destructive activities. Again, you could refer back to my episode eight, Understanding Childhood Aggression, for a lot of other suggestions that I came up with that those real aggressive activities that could really feel like a release to your kids, that destructive kind of release, that destroying something could really help. Again, in terms of parents fearing that providing that outlet might invite even more frustration or even more outbursts, the opposite is actually true. When you provide and give permission and the opportunity for emotional expression that feels explosive and destructive, the outbursts and the expression and that foul frustration that's coming out in other ways will reduce. The next category that Weiner referred to in her article was what she called constructive activities. These are activities that release frustration through doing something that does turn out just as we would like. So here are some suggestions from Weiner's article of constructive activities. Making something just right, be it through woodworking, ceramics, baking, or cooking. Planting and tending to a vegetable garden. Organizing a drawer, desk, or bookshelf. So when you think about this category, those are the suggestions she provided. There's many more things that are constructive. There's been so much organizing and decluttering and getting to projects that have been put off throughout the pandemic. 100% that has been coming from an energy of people being constructive. There's a lot of frustration, but if I can control the things that I can control right now, if I can set my mind to something and know that it can turn out just as I would have imagined, that can help release some of this energy and put it in a place that's positive. Now, it doesn't mean okay, I like that better. I'm just going to encourage constructive activities in my household. You may be missing the mark. It may be helpful to provide lots of opportunities for all three of these categories. The next one is that melancholy-inducing activity. Simply put, what she's referring to here is activities that bring out the tears, that kind of tap into sadness. Providing opportunities for your child to cry, for you to cry, that's another great way to let out what could be driving the frustration for you or your child. Turning that frustration energy and transforming it into sadness and letting the tears come out, that can really help reduce the kind of overwhelm of frustration that many of us, particularly our children, are feeling right now. So some suggestions that Weiner gave in her article, watching sad movies, reading poetry, making music or listening to music, reflective journaling. So those are some suggestions. Again, there's many more. I know that certain books that have sad endings, um, it's one step removed. It's not happening to ourselves. It's happening to a character in a book or a movie. It feels maybe sometimes a bit less vulnerable to 
children to us, easier to get out those tears. But even though we may not be crying about the thing that's actually driving our frustration, it still nonetheless provides an outlet, a vent for that energy to flow and release. And that's really important, again, for that balance that we're seeking in terms of our emotional health and our children's emotional health. So not every idea that was given here or that I've provided is going to work for every person. You may need to try some different things to see what kind of really helps your child move their frustration energy, what provides that cathartic release. It's going to be different for every child. So try out some of these ideas while you're embracing this less pleasant emotion of frustration. The frequency with which you should be providing these outlets, that's really going to depend on a lot of factors. One of the biggest factors I would say is how much frustration you're seeing in your child right now. Again, go back to looking at their behaviors. If they just seem to be acting out a lot right now, you may need to make this a daily practice of providing opportunities and activities that fit into those categories every day. Maybe your child doesn't have this constant overflowing of frustration. And so in that case, just maybe try and make it be a practice that you you try maybe two to three times a week. But be mindful and intentional about providing those opportunities. Also, I've mentioned a few times that this is not just, just about something that your children need. No doubt this is something that you, as the parent or the person who is caring for children, might need to be addressing within yourselves as well. But here's a little bit of a word of caution. Be cautious and mindful of just how much you're expressing in front of your children. Frustration energy from parents can be highly alarming when it is expressed really at its greatest amount, when parents really allow themselves to go there in front of their children and have a true cathartic release. That can be alarming to children. And what does that do? That puts their children on the defense. It puts children in a position of feeling like they're alarmed. Oh gosh, I've never seen my parent get quite so out of control. That's what it feels like to them. Even though you know that you're providing this release intentionally, your child doesn't know that. And it can be highly alarming for your child to see you kind of have such a cathartic release. So while it's fine to do some of this, and kind of model it and do it alongside your child, particularly if this is not coming naturally to them. Be careful with how far you take it in front of your child. However, that does not mean you should not be taking the time to have a full emotional and cathartic release on your own when your children are not observing that, when you have private time or when you're in the presence of another trusted adult who can handle this and who understands what's coming from or can join you in this. So that's just a word of caution there in terms of you finding your own activities that will help you release your frustration. Be mindful of how far you're taking that in front of your children. I could have gotten all kinds of like frustration out through the rock throwing activity I did with my youngest two children. I could have gone full on cathartic, destructive, ragey release that would have freaked my kids out, particularly my most sensitive children. So I participated, but I didn't go all out because I knew that that would have been super alarming to my children. 
So I encourage you to embrace and make space for your children's frustration to move. It might be the answer to what's been missing from your parenting and self-care practice during this period of high frustration. So give it some thought, put it into practice, see if it might help with the frustration that you and your children are experiencing right now. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.